0: Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. We're to Galatians 5.22. That has been the text for this whole entire series called Orchard, How to Cultivate Spiritual Growth. We started this series after Easter and felt like it was a powerful idea Uh, for us to build some character in our life and to make sure that the things that we're doing are reflecting the Holy Spirit in our lives so that we can look back and gauge our own growth. That is really important. When it comes to growth in God, it's really important to step back a little bit and to look at our lives objectively and to say, have I grown in this area? Uh, I've heard it said before, if something is not growing, it's dying. It's really important for us that in our faith that we're progressing and moving forward. Multiple scriptures, multiple passages in the New Testament that Jesus talks about, about vineyard owners or orchard owners looking at trees, looking at things that don't produce fruit and talking about cutting them down. I don't want to get into the details of that right now (laughs) in terms of exactly what that means in a cosmic sense for, for our destiny. But I will tell you this, if there's even a possibility that anything in my life could be cut down or trimmed back from God, I don't want that. I want to grow in Jesus. Can I get an amen from somebody that's watching here today? So Galatians 5.22, our text says this, but what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives. Much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity, we develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Another version, New International says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things Things, there is no law. And then finally, uh, for my text today, because of my subject matter, I'm going to look at 1 Corinthians 13 4. The first part of that just simply says this Love is patient, love is kind. I'm going to talk today about kindness. Kindness. Father, thank you so much for your presence. Lord, thank you for your love in our lives. Thank you that you never walk away from us, you never give up on us. Uh, You are the God of second chances. You don't demand that we be perfect in order for you to love us or to celebrate us. I thank you, God, that you give us opportunities every day to let your Holy Spirit be seen in our lives. I pray that we utilize this opportunity today, Lord, to be like an orchard, to cultivate fruit that other people can see your goodness through our lives. Not because of us, but because of you, God. I pray that every person that's watching today would just be filled with hope and encouragement and be led to the person that is Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Hey, I'm gonna tell you something before we get started here today. It's gonna be okay it is going to be okay no matter what you are going through it is going to be okay god knows the begin beginning from the end he's not surprised by anything that is going on in your life he is not freaked out by 2020 we can make all the 2020 memes that we want to i posted a picture of my family rafting down a river the other day and i said this is literally a photo of my family navigating through 2020 i can make those funny memes that make fun of this year but you know what god knew about this year uh before this year ever happened. He knew we were going to be in the exact situation we're, we're in. He knew no matter who you are, what would be taken from you. He knew what you would not get to experience. I, I'm, my heart goes out right now to graduates, no matter what level you're graduating from, that you're not able to have a normal graduation. My heart goes out to people who had plans like weddings and getting married and all these vacations and things that have been postponed. My heart goes out to elderly people and to people who have pre-existing conditions who have dreamed about living your life to the fullest in these years of your life, and to you, a month or two months in quarantine may seem like five years to someone else because you had the, a few years of your life mapped out how it's going to look. That is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking to know that people are in seasons where they've literally had to forfeit things that were dreams for them. But I'm gonna tell you something, the Bible tells us that we don't lose anything that is not replaced multi times by the power of God's love and his abundance and ability to bless and pour out blessings on us that we cannot contain. Whatever we have lost will be repaid infinitely to us today. I'm not being a Pollyanna up here today. I'm telling you today that God's abundance for you and his provision for you for whatever you have lost will, and I'm speaking this prophetically in Jesus' name, it will overwhelm anything you've lost. If you trust him today, his provision for you is gonna overwhelm anything that is lost and it will be greater than it would have been in Jesus' name. So be encouraged today. Do I have a hallelujah? Hey, there's a hallelujah wall back there. What's going on, hallelujah? Y'all feeling that today? Amen. God's good today. He's faithful today. He's with us. He's on our side. So I just want to encourage you a little bit before we get going. There is hope as long as there is the name of Jesus. There is hope. Don't let things get you down. Don't watch the news too much. Don't listen to all the chatter too much. Don't wake up every morning and look at COVID numbers as the first thing. You, you read the book of Numbers. You get, get a, open your Bible and read the book of Numbers before you start looking at those kinds of numbers. Let Let's get God's perspective on everything, and we're going to find our spirit begins to lift. Rather than get down, our spirit will get excited about what it's like to serve the Lord. And that's why I'm here today. I'm here to preach God's word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have to get God's word in our heart, in our life. We have to take this thing seriously. If we're ever going to see the kind of change in our life that produces something that can lead other people to Jesus. And that's what this is all about. In this series, it's about cultivating spiritual growth. It's about the fruit of the Holy Spirit being seen and developed in our life. And if we don't dig in, Especially if you're a Christian that's been a Christian for a while, or if you're a person that just loves to brag on your accomplishments, or you're real proud of yourself for all these virtuous things that you've done in your life. You say, Well, what are you talking about? I'm just talking about the practical side of life. Us think we've got it together. How do we know that? Well, you can hear a series on the fruit of the Spirit. What does that mean? It means something that's grown by him. He is the source of it. And we can hear something like love and go, oh, I'm good in that department. Really? You're good in that department? When, when uh, it's derived from him, not you? Okay. Uh, but, well, I know that if we just, oh, this time I love this week, I got that. Joy, oh, joy, I'm fine in that area. Don't really need that, I got it. Peace, not an issue for me. Long suffering, I don't cuss in traffic, I'm solid. And, we, you know, you just sort of, we sort of blow these things off. We have to really, if this series is not hurting you, you're not listening to it. Because it actually needs to challenge us to say, man, I need to grow. God needs to do something in my life in order for me to grow. We got to dig into this and, and realize that it's about growth. And growth takes nurturing. We should approach it from what we don't do well. So today, as we get into this subject of kindness, I'm talking about kindness. I'm not just talking about bringing casseroles to parties. Uh, this is, this, it's a little more than that. I'm actually not talking about any kind of trained or learned behavior at all. I'm talking about characteristics of kindness that's origins are from heaven. I'm sorry, I look around in here. If you're wondering what I'm looking at, I just pretend people are here. But I'm trying to learn how to look directly into the camera, but uh, we'll just rock with it, you deal with it. I'm not, I'm not perfect, I promise you. <laughs> but the spiritual fruit of kindness, that's what we're talking about. The spiritual fruit of kindness. And let me, just, let me just tell you something real quick. I hate to break it to you, but you don't possess what I'm talking about. You don't have what I'm talking about. What am I talking about? The spiritual fruit of kindness. The Holy Spirit has that, not you. He grows it in you and through you, but it is derived from him. He is the source of it. You can go around, well, you don't know me. I'm kind. I do this. I do that. I'm not talking about that. Some of that is learned behavior. Some of that is temperamental just something God gifted you with temperamentally. You can do kind things in life. You can do kind behaviors in life, but they're not the, the origin is not necessarily the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about a life that is lived from the inside out, starting with what the Holy Spirit does in you, kindness that comes from him. It is absolutely supernatural, the kind of kindness that I'm talking about. And it's pretty cool, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 that says love is patient, love is kind. Isn't it interesting that patience and kindness are also other fruit of the spirit and it's describing love with two of those things and as we get deeper in these, we start seeing they need each other And they connect and they intersect in many areas where you can't tell which one is which. And sometimes it's even hard to teach the different ones that are similar. Kindness, goodness, uh, gentleness. These things sort of run into each other a little bit. So I'm going to do my very best today to make sure I, I bring some distinction to this. But basically this is telling us you can't love without kindness. You can't really love effectively without kindness. Come on, just type. Type in uh, the chat right now. Be kind. Just type it. Be kind. Or if you're if you're not typing, Hallelujah! I'll just say it. Just say be kind. Be kind. We got to learn how to be kind. We got to learn how to let the Holy Spirit allow us to be kind. You can't have love without kindness. So what is it? Okay. Well, let's look at uh, let's look at the Greek word. It's krestatos. That's the Greek word for kindness that is used here. And it's most frequently translated into the English word kindness or usefulness. And what is it? It's a grace that pervades the whole nature, mellowing <laughs> all which would be harsh in our life. Mellowing. Look at someone next to you say, be mellow. <laughs> be mellow. It mellows us, that kind of kindness. Do you ever meet people that are just edgy? Or are you just edgy? (laughs) I can be edgy. But man, when you meet someone that has that edge, what's happening? This kindness is not being cultivated. But have you ever met somebody that is sweet? I'm not talking about in a wimpy sense. Man, I've met some of the toughest people that you could ever imagine. I'm talking some of the biggest, strongest athletes, professional athletes that I've had the privilege of meeting and you, you just go say, hey man, how you doing? Great to see you. God bless you. I mean, just sweet. It's a spirit. It doesn't mean not masculine. It it means sweet. That's literally what it means. It means that you, you're not edgy. You're not hard. That's what this is. We're supposed to live a Christ-like life I believe Christ was very strong, very strong, even occupationally as a carpenter. I mean, I've talked about this before, too, that Jesus' body was not affected by the curse of sin. So he is the only human that ever lived that was not dealing with Adamic condemnation in the flesh. So that means physically, He was the perfect specimen. So you wouldn't have ever met a human being that was in better physical condition or probably had more physical strength than Jesus. But how did he treat broken people? With kindness, with sweetness. He had a sweet temperament, probably the toughest guy if he wanted to be that ever was, but chose to live with this kind of kindness in his life. You know, this word is descriptive of one's disposition as the word sweetness many times. As a matter of fact, Matthew eleven thirty, when Jesus says, my yoke is easy. What is a yoke? That's something that, we're not talking about like, like eggs here, not yoke. Uh, the yoke, my yoke is easy. A yoke is something that tied two beasts of burden together so that you could plow. And it was a harness that kept them together. And Jesus said, I have a yoke. Okay, but it's not hard. It's easy. And that word that he uses for easy is kristatus, the same word that we're talking about for kindness. My yoke is kind. My yoke is sweet. The burden of, of knowing me and of loving me and of serving me, it's not hard and it's not edgy and it's not mean. It is sweet. There is a sweetness to knowing Jesus that you need and that I need every day. Come on, somebody say, I need some more sweetness in my life. Come on, just put it right there. I'm talking about the men, too. Y'all be typing up in that joke. I need some more sweetness in my life. And I ain't just talking cherry pie. I might go get a cherry pie after this is over with just because I said that. I love cherry pie. That's wonderful. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Scott Bennett's grandma. She, I, I don't even know Scott Bennett's grandma, but she made me a cherry pie. I ate the whole cherry pie, and one, I, I stood there. I started sticking my fingers. I mean, it was just, it was it was really embarrassing. I just like, what is happening right now? It was incredible. That that lady right there, she's from heaven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for her. But when he says my yoke is easy. What what, what an interesting contrast, a sweet burden. (laughs) That's really what it is, a sweet burden. The burden of serving Jesus is sweet. And it does something to us on the inside. You ever met somebody that is living in the kindness of the Holy Spirit that when you meet them, there's just a kindness, a sweetness about them. I want to live with that sweetness no matter what I'm going through, no matter what difficulty is facing my life, I wanna have time for people. I don't want to ever have that look on my face of don't, don't, just don't even come my way. You don't wanna mess with me today. I don't ever wanna go there. I wanna live with a kindness and a, a sweetness toward people. As a matter of fact, the Greeks would descri- describe wine with this same word, that, that krestatos, and, and the way they would describe this particular type of wine is a mellow sweet wine that does not have an edge to it so that's that word that is used for kindness which is the fruit of the spirit is something that is mellow and sweet that does not have an edge type in the chat right now i refuse to live with an edge come on i refuse to live with an edge you need jesus to take the edge off you don't need a nightcap You don't need a whiskey to take the edge off. You don't need no cannabis to take the edge off. You need Jesus to take the edge off. That is what sweetness is all about. It comes from him. It's derived from the Holy Spirit. And that's the Greek word, but there is a Hebrew word that is Used over and over, that is the translation of this word kindness. Now, this Hebrew word is much deeper. This this Greek word I'm talking about is pretty clear. It's kindness. It's it's goodness. Uh, it's it's some basic things. But this Hebrew word has said is more complex, and it's the word. Sometimes it's translated. I used to love this word uh, when I was a kid. They they it's kind of an older type of word, but it's one of those words with a little hyphen, like a co- a combination word. You remember that old word loving kindness? thy loving kindness is better than life thy loving kindness I love that is better than life loving kindness that's, one of the, that's what the Greek or the, the Hebrew word has said means it's loving kindness mercy love grace it's even richer than that it means loyalty and devotion it's a powerful powerful deep word but it's, it's the Hebrew version of kindness. And that's a a way that we can look at the Old Testament. And if we're wondering what kindness is supposed to look like in our lives, then we can look at what God has done toward us, the kind things God has done toward us, and we can get a, a snapshot of what our life is supposed to look like toward others on the way God has treated us. See, that word, we see his kindness toward us expressed in Psalm 23 when it says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You know what that mercy is in Hebrew? Has said, surely goodness and mercy, God's mercy toward us. It's his kindness toward us. He could have done so many things toward us, but he didn't. Why? Because he's kind toward us. That kindness is supposed to lead us toward repentance, the Bible says. So if we're wondering how to treat people, how has God treated us? Isaiah 63 and 7 says, I will tell of the kindness has said of the Lord, the deeds for which he is to be praised according to all the Lord has done for us. Yes, the many good things he has done for Israel according to his compassion and many kindnesses. We serve a kind God. He, and, and the interesting part of it is we can look at parts of his personality and we can go, well, that's not kind. That's not kind. How is it kind to burn up a city? How is it kind uh, to, for this person to die and this person's family? And here's the, the mind boggling thing of this is sometimes we like to define God by our definition of love instead of define love by God's definition of himself. See, when God says that I am God is love, I am a God of love, that means that some of the things that he does that we don't understand are his ways of being kind to those that follow him, to protect them from dangers. It's his kindness towards those he loves that would cause him to do things that we don't understand. And in our mind, we go, that doesn't seem kind. But no, it's his kindness toward us as a whole that causes us to want to be kind toward others. Second Samuel 9 says this, David uses this word, has said. He says, okay, so real quick, David makes a pact with Jonathan that they're gonna show kindness toward each other for life. Well, Jonathan and Saul, his father, Jonathan's father Saul was the king and both of them died in a battle. So David later becomes king and he's thinking about this pact that he made to show kindness toward Jonathan and this is, the, this is what people of character actually do. He goes, and people that don't have any character go, well, he's dead, that doesn't apply anymore. People of character are gonna go, but wait a minute, I said I'm gonna do something. How can I continue to do this? Because I miss my friend. And he says, he says this right here, is there anyone left, Second Samuel 9, 1, is there anyone still left in the house of Saul to whom I can show hesed, kindness for Jonathan's sake? So he's going, I know these guys are dead, but I'm just sitting here thinking, I wish I could fulfill the promise I made to my friend when he was alive. And so somebody calls this guy named Zeba, who is a former servant of Saul. And they said, well, Zeba is a former servant of Saul. He would know. And he comes in front of David and David said, is there anybody from Jonathan's house that I can show chesed toward, kindness toward? I need, to show, I need to express some kindness toward my friend. And he says, well, there, there's this guy, Mephibosheth. And, and he says, well, bring him. And Mephibosheth had had a really tough life. His grandfather was Saul. His dad was Jonathan. And when the lady that was watching him found out about the death of Saul and Jonathan, the Bible says she dropped him. And it messed up his legs so that he was never able to walk. So he was an orphan. And he was crippled and he lived his whole life, a life of total affliction until David calls him in the middle of his affliction, not because of anything he has done, but in the middle of his brokenness, he calls him in front of him and he goes, hey, you, I want to show some love to you. And Mephibosheth says, why are you even looking at me? I'm just a dead dog. And he goes, no, you ain't no dead dog. I'm about to restore to you the things that you lost and you're going to sit and eat at my table, the king's table. That's kindness. That is chesed. That that kind of unmerited favor and love and grace that David showed him is the kind of love that God has given us. And I'm going to tell you something. If you think that you earned your way to God's table, you have missed it. God loves us not because of what we've done. He loves us in spite of what we've done. We come to him lame, cripple. We come to him with nothing. We come to him broken, sinful, shameful, despite our best efforts to try to be pious and say, look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished in life. We've done nothing that earns this kind of kindness toward us. It's God going, how can I show kindness to that one that I love? And he calls us into his presence and says, I'm going to restore everything you lost and you're going to sit at my table. It's over the top, go out of your way, kind of love, sweetness, and service toward others. I said, it's over the top, go out of your way, sweetness and kindness and love toward others. That's the kind of kindness that we're talking about in this spiritual fruit. So this is some pretty sweet stuff. I mean, Pastor Amanda taught on long suffering. That's kind of a, a tough fruit and if we're talking about a tough fruit this one is sweet this is a sweeter more gentle kind of fruit but as you see it's deliberate and it takes a lot of expression to give it now I want, I want to close this idea today with two thoughts from Colossians two places in Colossians where Paul says what, he starts his verse by saying whatever you do that's a big deal to start something in whatever you do. It means literally at any point in your life, no matter where you are, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, two places he starts it like this. But listen to the differences in these. He says in Colossians three seventeen, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So do whatever you do in the name of Jesus. That actually means as Jesus. So do the things you do. By doing it in his name, it means you have a power of attorney. So it's saying act as Jesus would act. And then in the other spot in Colossians 3, 23 and 24, he says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord not for human masters. He was actually talking to slaves here who were working for human masters. And this is what he was saying. Do what you do as unto the Lord, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Two different places here. One, he's saying, whatever you do, do it as Jesus. And then the second place, he says, whatever you're doing, do it as unto Jesus. Wow, that is powerful. Because what it's saying in life is if you want to have kindness, first of all, treat people as you would treat them if you were Jesus. That means taking time for them, listening to them being willing to be interrupted by them. Some of the greatest miracles Jesus did was when he was interrupted. Taking time for people, treating them as Jesus would treat them. Then it also says, treat them as you would treat Jesus. Wow. It means... Live like Jesus lived and then treat people as you would treat Jesus if he were actually there. Do do what you do as Jesus, literally how he would do it, and then do what you do towards Jesus as if you are serving him. You say, well, what does that mean towards Jesus? Don't you remember Matthew 25 when it says the king will say to I was hungry. You gave me something to eat. Thirsty, you gave me something to drink. Stranger, you invited me in. Needed clothes and you clothed me. Sick, you looked after me. In prison, you came and visited me. And they asked, they said, when did we do any of that? We don't, and this is in heaven someday. They say, when did we do any of that? I don't remember doing any of that. And he says, anytime you did something like that for the least of these, you did it for me. So it's saying that when we are kind toward people, I don't know who the kindest people you know are. I know that my mom is unbelievably kind. I just, I feel unkind. You know, I feel like sometimes my thing is I, I'm good at judging who's not kind. Can I tell you something? That's not kind to live my life judging who's not, say this person's not kind, you're not kind, you're not kind. And what's so funny about that is the implication by telling, by thinking who's not kind, the implication is that I'm kind. Can I get an amen from someone who's being real here today? Yeah, we, 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 try, we, try, to, we try to tell everyone or think to ourselves this person needs to be more kind, this person needs to be more kind. Well, that's not very kind. The people that I know that are kind never think about their own kindness. They just are kind. My mom is unbelievably kind. She never asks, thank you for anything she does, does stuff for everybody. I'll tell you another kind person, my son is kind. I, sometimes I go WWJD, I go, what would Jude do? Because he just so kind, it's just unbelievable. I, I mean, I, I told him when I walked out the door today, I said, he was watching the uh, pre-service stuff there. And I said, son, I said, I'm, I'm preaching about something today that just reminds me of you because This guy just jumps up and will do anything for anybody without being asked. True kindness is not doing what you have to do. True kindness is doing being willing and choosing to do what you don't have to do. It's being willing and choosing to do what you don't have to do. That's really what we're going for. Can I tell you something? Let's be kind in this age, in this atmosphere. it, It says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, make sure that whatever you're saying, you're saying it as Jesus. Make sure that you're saying whatever you're saying as it's to Jesus. What if we applied this to our social media life that I'm posting as Jesus? I'm posting towards Jesus. Does your life have an edge to it in all these areas? If it does, I just encourage you today, man, the Bible tells us we're supposed to live with a sweetness. It's the kind of kindness, and I I was reading in some of my research that says kindness draws people to us, and it might, but I think what's even more powerful is kindness, really, the the kind of kindness I'm talking about draws people to Jesus because they see that kindness in us and they wanna know where it came from, and we can only point to him, that kind of sweetness. I'll close with this story. Richard Richard Wormbrunn in 1948 had just recently become a Christian. And he became a pastor uh, eventually, but as a, a new Christian in Romania, he made the statement that communism and Christianity are mutually exclusive. They cannot coexist. And as a result, he was imprisoned by the Romanian government and he was tortured regularly for his beliefs. And later, after many, many years in jail from being tortured for his faith of just simply being a Christian, one day it was freezing cold and he had a blanket that he was holding so tightly to this blanket. It was all he had. And he looked over and he saw another prisoner who did not have a blanket. And he said instinctively, I held it even tighter. And he said, the thought came into my mind was, if that were Christ, would you give him your blanket? Well, I mean, obviously, if that thought comes to your mind, if, if you serve the Lord, there's only one choice in that situation. And not only did he give that man his blanket, but he eventually wrote a book that has that exact title, if that were Christ, would you give him your blanket? That's really what it all comes down to. Is the kind of kindness and sweetness that we're talking about today are evidences that the Holy Spirit is building something in us. It's not something that comes from ourself. It's something that we do without a guarantee of reward or recognition. It's just something we do because it's who we are. And I just pray in Jesus' name today. I pray for those that have that edge today That say, I don't wanna live with that edge. You don't have to. As I said earlier, man, in my own life. I get away from being in the presence of God for just a couple of days, and then I start becoming a different person. We gotta stay in the presence of God. We gotta stay passionate for Jesus in our worship. And what, what does he do? He softens our heart when we do that. So I pray for you today in Jesus' name. For those of you, and if that's you, just say, pray for me today. Say, just, just, you could type it again. I need some more kindness in my life. I I think there's power in saying that. I need more kindness in my life. Type that in the chats today. I know I do. I'm just saying it right now. If I could type, I'd be typing it. I need more kindness in my life. WWJD, amen? I need some more kindness. I need more like Jesus and Jude and Janice. Uh Uh-oh, hey. (whistles) Hit it. So today, if you need, if you need that sweetness, that kindness in your life, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you right now. Stretch my hand out toward you wherever you are. In Jesus' name, I pray for my friends today, Lord, that are watching that have an edge, Lord, that have felt trapped in living a kind of life, maybe that they've lived for years, based on a set of principles and standards that is not based on the agape love of God. And I pray for the overwhelming kindness of the Holy Spirit to be cultivated so that as they begin to recognize those kinds of questions pop into their heart, Could I serve right now? Could I help right now? Could I be kind right now? That the answer will be yes, and they would cultivate that lifestyle until it becomes a regular thing. I thank you, Lord, for that today, in Jesus' name. And if you're watching here today and you do not know Jesus to be your personal Savior, and what does that mean, personal Savior? You're not gonna find that in Scripture, personal Savior. I think it's a term that's developed because of how amazingly, in in the Old Testament, God wasn't so much of a personal Savior as he was Yahweh, this massive being. The idea that Jesus could say in Revelation chapter 3, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Any man that will open the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. The idea of Jesus coming into our lives, into our hearts, so to speak, and having a relationship with us was previously unimaginable. But now in this dispensation of grace that we're in, through the new covenant in Jesus, the New Testament, we have an opportunity through him to personally know him. Will you personally know him today? He stands there at the door and he knocks. Answer the door today and find the person that will change your life. His name is Jesus. And if that's you today, would you do this? Would you just type in all the chats, just type, I need Jesus in my life. If you need Jesus to become your Lord and Savior, I'm gonna pray with you right now. I'm just, maybe you're watching it, it's col.live. And there's a place there that says, raise my hand. Whatever you need to do to let people know from our team, because they're gonna connect with you and help follow up with you. But just let them know right now. I'm gonna pray with you right now that Jesus would become the Lord of your life. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for every person that is watching. Lord, every person that raised their hand, that said, I need Jesus to become the Lord of their life, I pray with them right now, Lord, that you would reveal yourself, reveal your heart to them. Fill them with an overwhelming hope. Let them know, God, that you not only died for their sins, but you love them in their most desperate, vulnerable state, just like Mephibosheth that we talked about, God. Lord, you wanted to show them kindness and mercy in their broken state. Lord, and you have come to them. You have called for them. It is the person of the Holy Spirit that has drawn them to this place today and allowed them an opportunity to have your love revealed to them. And I pray that their life would be transformed right now in Jesus' name. Now, just repeat this with me out loud. Say, I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. The past is behind me. A brand new day has begun. And I'm going to live it in sweetness today. In Jesus' name, amen. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.